It's Friday, December the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Omicron begets new rules, and America averts a federal shutdown. First, the world in brief. The Omicron variant popped up in several more states across America, even as the country tightens COVID-19 testing rules for travellers arriving from abroad. It will also extend a mask mandate on planes and public transport. Meanwhile, Germany introduced new lockdown rules in an attempt to stem a fourth wave of COVID-19 infections. Only those who are vaccinated or infected and recovered will be allowed to visit restaurants, theatres and cinemas. Even private gatherings of the unvaccinated will be restricted. The Omicron variant has now been identified in at least 26 countries. America's Senate passed a bill that should keep the government funded through mid-February, averting a federal shutdown. Joe Biden will sign it into law before a deadline of midnight Friday. Some Republicans, including nearly all sitting in the House of Representatives, had tried to block it in protest against mandated vaccinations. The drama can be expected to resume in 2022. DD Global announced it would delist from the New York Stock Exchange and list in Hong Kong, yielding to pressure from Chinese authorities. China's own ride-hailing giant had raised 4.4 billion US dollars on Wall Street in June, despite being told not to float its IPO there. China's regulators subsequently had DD's apps removed from app stores and prevented the company from registering new users. The United Nations annual appeal for humanitarian aid expanded by 17% to 41 billion US dollars driven by the escalation of crises in Ethiopia, Myanmar and especially Afghanistan, where the need for funding has tripled in the wake of America's withdrawal and the Taliban's reconquest. Famine is said to present a particular danger globally, as both war and climate change constrain food production. America's Federal Trade Commission sued to block American chipmaker NVIDIA's purchase of Arm, a British chip designer. The agency alleged that the tie-up would give NVIDIA the, quote, means and incentive to stifle innovation by reducing competitors' access to Arm's technology. Antitrust regulators in Britain and Europe have made similar allegations, which NVIDIA denies. The Biden administration said it would reinstate a Trump-era immigration program that forces asylum seekers to wait in Mexico while their claims are processed. President Joe Biden suspended the controversial policy, known as Remain in Mexico, soon after his inauguration, but a federal judge ordered its reinstatement. To address humanitarian concerns, the administration said claims would be processed faster, within six months. The Organisation of the Petroleum Exporting Countries said it would stick to its agreed policy of monthly oil supply increases, despite falls in the price of Brent crude. These have been provoked partly by concerns over the economic impact of the Omicron variant. OPEC had been under pressure to pump yet more oil onto the market to bring down energy prices, 
America and other big consumers recently released oil from their strategic reserves to do so. Fact of the day. 500. The number of Americans likely to be injured or killed in road rage shootings this year. Guns, cars and aggression are a lethal mix. And editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our podcasts and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. The link to the survey is in the description. And now, here's today's agenda. America's tight labour market. After the Delta variant slowed hiring in August and September, America's labour market recovery is back on track, as jobs data due to be released on Friday should confirm. Forecasters think employers added 550,000 non-farm payrolls in November, with the unemployment rate dipping by 0.2 percentage points to 4.4%. Sectors such as leisure and hospitality will probably register their strongest gains since July. America still has a big labour shortage. Some 3 million who left work when the pandemic hit have yet to return, despite near-record vacancies. Rapid wage growth should coax some back. Average hourly earnings rose by an estimated 5.1% in the year to the end of November. If the labour market has less slack than the Federal Reserve thinks, meaning many of those workers do not ever return, the central bank will have to tighten monetary policy faster than planned to keep a lid on inflation and avoid a dreaded wage price spiral. Against this backdrop, Omicron looms as another danger. NATO preps for cyber war A big NATO cyber drill in Tallinn, Estonia's capital, ends on Friday. More frequent cyber attacks are targeting members. NATO blames Russia in particular and said in a June communique that it is, quote, turning a blind eye to crooks who have sabotaged infrastructure and electoral processes in the West. An accumulation of hacks might be considered tantamount to an armed attack, it said. Quote, business as usual with Russia has become impossible. This grim backdrop has drawn greater attention to Cyber Coalition 21. Roughly 1,000 military and civilian participants from NATO member states and close partner countries are practicing scenarios that include imagined cyber attacks on ports, hospitals and pharmaceutical firms rolling out a vaccine. Some wonder if the alliance might begin to deter cyber attacks by pushing back against aggressors perhaps from its new cyberspace operations centre in Mons, Belgium. But no change in tack is likely, at least officially. Commander Graham Rook, the exercise's director, says that for now, NATO's cyber policy is, quote, purely defensive. French Republicans choose a presidential candidate. 
The final vote to select a presidential candidate for the French Republican Party begins on Friday. A tight first round, in which 140,000 party members voted, saw two surprise hopefuls head into the runoff. Eric Ciotti, a deputy from the Riviera, got 26%, and Valérie Pécresse, head of the Paris region, secured 25%. Michel Barnier, the former EU Brexit negotiator, and Xavier Bertrand, head of the Hauts de France region, were eliminated. The primary winner will be announced on Saturday. Republicans have a distinct choice. Mr Ciotti is an anti-immigration hardliner from the right wing of the party. Ms Pécresse, a well-briefed traditional conservative. Polls have barely tested Mr Ciotti, but suggest that Ms Pécresse would come fourth in a national vote. Behind President Emmanuel Macron, Marine Le Pen, a hard-right candidate, and Eric Zemmour, an anti-immigration populist who confirmed his candidacy on Tuesday. But French politics is volatile. The primary winner may well gain momentum by next April, when elections will be held. China opens a railway to Laos. A high-speed railway connecting Yunnan, China's most southwestern province, with Vientiane, Laos' capital, opens on Friday. It is an astonishing work of engineering, cutting through porous sandstone mountains with dozens of tunnels and bridges. It took China six years to build. Lao has almost no other railways, and the connection is bound to transform Vientiane, a sleepy city of fewer than one million people. But the economic returns Lao can expect remain unclear. The debt it incurred means greater dependence on China. A one-way ticket through the country is too expensive for most Laotians. To increase the benefits of the scheme, neighbouring Thailand would need to get on board. That would make a line from China to Singapore possible. But the Thai government, perhaps fearing financial dependency, turned down China's offer to build the branch. It seems in no hurry to lay the tracks itself. Footnotes A look back at Pearl Harbor Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941 forced an end to American isolationism, propelling the country into the Second World War and transforming it into a dominant global superpower. Anton Lagardia, the Economist diplomatic editor, considers its impact on American foreign policy and Indo-Pacific politics 80 years on. In the early phases of his research, Anton read several accounts of the attack, including Roberta Wallstetter's Pearl Harbor, Warning and Decision, a seminal book on America's profound lack of readiness. In Pearl Harbor, From Infamy to Greatness, Craig Nelson argues that modern America was born in the chaos and tragedy of 1941, not in 1776. To understand the War Dove perspective, which advocates restraint and negotiation, Anton read Stephen Wertheim's Tomorrow the World, The Birth of U.S. Global Supremacy, and Charles Kupchan's Isolationism, A History of America's Efforts to Shield Itself from the World which considers the roots of America's modern foreign policy ethos.
Anton also spoke to experts, government officials and, not least, toured Pearl Harbor with the resident historian, Jim Neumann. On the day of his visit, the Pacific Fleet Band was entertaining visitors and a Japanese submarine was in port, a sign of how the old enemy has become one of America's closest allies. Read Anton's story when it's published by following him on Twitter. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robert Louis Stevenson. Our business in this world is not to succeed, but to continue to fail in good spirits. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 